Okay, we're going to learn Daf Samach Vav today. We're starting from the Mishnah at the bottom of Samach Amid Beis. Today we're going to be learning all about the Dinim of Azav, which is just maybe a little bit of uh, introduction could help. Is that the halacha is Azav is in a regular sort of discharge, in a regular mission. It's different than regular Sheikh Hazara. Regular Sheikh Hazara is Tameh. It's a tuma. It's matami the person, but it also the the the, the zera itself is tami. It's tami b'maga with contact, and the the zav is a much higher degree of tuma. A regular discharge is kind of like you could think about it like something's just a sickness that cannot be explained. That's a little bit behind it. We're going to see if, it, if there is a rational explanation to it. Actually, it might not be a zav. That's what's behind it. At any rate, so it's more of a severe degree of tuma. Something that we touched on it a little bit ago is that it's matami. Um, anything that he sits or he leans on, even if it's not through direct contact, it could be you know a bunch of things separating. But if there's any leaning on it or touching, it, even without touching, sitting or, or, or lying on something will be them. So the first time that the mission comes out, it's no different than than than, than someone who's a balker and someone who had sheikh Lazara come out. However, the second time. Once he gets uh, a second emission that comes out, so there's a halacha that he needs seven clean dates. It's almost like very similar to a nida, just as a nida during her irregular time. The zava, when she sees her blood, she has to wait seven clean days. So to the zav, when he has this irregular emission, and in a certain sense, again, uh, a zav and, and, and a, zav, a zava, I should say, and a zav are very similar in the sense they're both irregular uh, discharges. For the Zava, it's about the time that's, that's not abnormal for her. But for the Zav, it's the, the form, the type, the color, the, the form of what's the substance of what's coming out, that's not normal. So if the second happens the second time, now he's telling me for a, he's a whole, not only is he telling me for a week, but more than that, he needs, he needs to have seven consecutive clean days. And we say clean days, again, very similar to the Nida, no flow. So to, if he has any, Thing during those seven days, seven days, which are that irregular discharge of Zav, that will set him back. That will f- force him to go back to day one. Afterwards, he has to go um, in a Mayim Chayim. He can't even go to regular mikvah. And then if there were three flows, so then there's also a carbon. Then there's a special carbon which he brings. And that's always, that's what, like the Mishnah Megillah always says, there's no difference between a Zav who sees two, three charges and three discharges, except the carbon. Even after two times you're a Zav, you become Tommy for the week, you know, you get that, that, that special term of Tom, of, of Zav and the full Tomah and Chule. But there you don't have to bring a carbon, it's just seven clean days. Whereas if you have three times, then, then the halacha is, uh, you're going to have to bring carbonus. Now, since the whole idea is that, is that it's some sort of, like something's wrong with the general system. If there can be a rational explanation for why it occurred in time number two, the second discharge comes from 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 something that can be explained, then it doesn't trigger that he becomes a zav. Time number one, there whether or not we can explain it or not, he's always going to be like a balkari. But in order for that to have a, to be a zav, time number one and time number two to have to be that we cannot explain it. If we could explain it, a rational explanation why there's a regular discharge, then he's not going to become a zav. That's the basic premise. And now the Mishnah addresses that. There are seven different ways. You know, you have like some. It almost sounds like an interrogation. But we'll do some examination to understand here with the zav if there's any probable cause. Why it could be why this irregular discharge is coming out. So it could be seven two ways. This is all before he became a Zav. And what we mean by that is that all of these checkings that we do is only in order to try to help him not become a Zav. Once he became a Zav already, now it's a question of an irregular discharge coming out and we want to know, does it forfeit his count? Does he have to go back to day one? There, it doesn't make a difference if it's from a different cause. It's always going to go back to day one. So, what are the seven things that we ask him? Bamachal, we ask him about his food, Mishdab, we ask him about his drink. In other words, sometimes he could have very fatty, Rush explains a little bit, very fatty stuff. 
sometimes meat, milk, cheese, sometimes an older wine, sometimes stuff like that can uh, actually be a catalyst for the ziva. The masa, he carried something too heavy, pizza, he jumped too much, you know, too much exercise. Maybe he was sick. Maybe there was a sight issue. Maybe he was thinking specifically certain types of thoughts, fantasy, which brought about this up. All of this is done specifically um, and understanding his emissions one and two to make him Azov. However, Mishin is Gaklaziva. Once he's already confirmed to be Azov, in other words, we know that it wasn't from any regular source. It must have been from a general sort of malfunction, and he is Azov. And now it's a question of the seven clean days. So in both, you know, so we don't examine him. There's no more examination. It doesn't make a difference. Whatever is coming out, if it's an irregular, uh, if it's an irregular uh, sort of emission, so now from now on, even if it could be explained, it's going to be counted. So now, here's the hard part. Certainly, this means during the seven clean days, any discharges that he have will set him back to day one, even if they could be explained. Certainly, that's true. But what would you say about time number three? Again, after two discharges that cannot be explained, he becomes his off. The third one does what? What's the impact of a third discharge? And now you're high of a carbon. The Mishnah does not directly say whether or not the third discharge, if it could be rationally explained, will not trigger a carbon or not. The mission doesn't directly say. The mission just says, But the implication of the Mishnah is that it would still be Machai carbon Because that's the Lashon Mishnah. Once he became Azov, now there's no reason to check him anymore. That's Mashra. Even after two discharges, he became Azov, right? That is Azov. He's got the, the, the week long that has to be cleaned now. Now there's no purpose in checking him anymore. From that point on, whatever discharges come out, even if they could be explained, will still impact him. So the Mashra also in the Mishnah is that the carbon will be happen through in a discharge which could be explained as well. The whole checking is only for one and two to be in in terms of making himself. Any onus that occurs, meaning even if it could be explained because of something else, it's just a reiteration of what we're saying. And even if there's a doubt, we'll explain to what this is. If there's a doubt about something with the discharge, in that case, it's all, it's all Tameh. And another halacha, which we're going to examine, if Zera comes out, if he gets regular Sheikh Lazara coming out, it's also Tami Shrek, Lam Ladavar, because now there's Reg Lam Ladavar. Once he's Tami, once he's in the state of Zav, so then any uncertainties and even things where it's rationally explained, they all contribute. The Mishnah explains it as if it's a Svara, we're going to see really in the Gemara that is based upon a Pasuk. Now, the last thing really comes from switching gears here, but again, we're talking about Reg Lam Ladavar. So obviously, if someone strikes his friend and they die from the blow, what's the halacha? They're a murderer. If they don't die from the blow, if they get better and then they die at a later point, they're not a murderer. So how do we say, someone is struck? His friend, Ramadullah Lamisa, the doctors assessed that the person, the victim, would die. But then he got it got lighter, meaning his condition improved. And after that, the condition worsened again, and then he died. So the question is, if if, if the person, the patient, didn't fully recover, but he got better in the middle, it got better, it got better. Didn't run out fully, but the condition was a little bit better. And the doctors had originally, though, said that the, the, the blow was going to kill the guy. So when that happens, Chayav, the attacker, is liable. Because we assume it was all there, just it was like a temporary sort of, you know, something in the condition got better. However, He's exempt. The fact that it improved in the interim shows that it must be the eventual death was not from the wound. It was some new thing. Look, it got better in the middle. So interesting dispute. If it gets better, there is an improvement in the condition. But the doctors had originally said he was going to die and ended up dying, whether or not the person is considered a murderer. All right, so now the Gemara is going to analyze, going, we're going to start away with the Zav. Again, you're checking him times one and two. You have to make sure that it was not from a rational explanation. The seven, seven Durachim that were Bodik. If it was, he won't become a Zav. But then once he becomes a Zav, no more checking is necessary. That's Mashmah, time number three already. We're, 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 we're triggering a Chi of Karban for the Zav. 
even if it could be explained, it's still going to trigger the Chiyav. Says the Gemara Menani Mili. How do we know that? And that's what the Gemara is, is focusing on. How do we know that the third flow could be, could be Metamehim to bring a carbon, even if it could be uh, attributed to an external reason? Amar Rabbi Nelson, Amar Kra, the Hazav Ezovo, So to look at the Pasuk, maybe see, see it on the side of the Gemara, it's much more helpful. The Pasuk, the Pasuk, uh, Compl- uh, is comparing here the halacha of a of a zav and a zava. It's comparing it's comparing to uh, what happens if a woman is a zava. And just to explain one thing, this is pashatas, the woman who gets in a regular flow and not in the regular time. Here, it doesn't make a difference why she's getting it. If she gets it, she gets it. So the pasuk the pasuk is mentioning mentioning a bunch of things there, a bunch of a, a bunch of times that it's seeing. It's talking about the zav, but it finishes off. It says zava 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 Someone has the issue with zav, whether it's a male or a female. So there. At one point, we're going to make a hackish between someone who's get between the female who becomes Tamea as a Zava, even if it's from an external reason, and the Zav. So there's going to be one flow where we compare them and we say that it's even if, it's even if, um, it's even if it's, 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 it's due to an, to an external reason. So the third flow, that's where we put it. We put it on the third flow. Says the Gemara Vatan, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shish is both going to serve a visa in Bokhtan. So Rabbi Lazar disagrees. Rabbi Lazar says the third discharge also to make him a, bring a carbon. We do examine him. It's only for the fourth one about setting him back during the seven clean days. There we don't examine him. Why doesn't Rabbi Lazar agree? What's going on? I thought we just had a, we just had a, a, a good drasha. And just, just to explain where we're coming from and getting the third time in the Pasuk. It says, Vazov Ezovo. So Hazav one, Ezovo two, Lazav Lanakeva. The third one is compared to the Nakeva. Hazav, Ezovo, no. Zav, you gotta check. Lazav Lanakeva is three. So that's so clear that we compare the third one to the Zava. So what's Prabhupada Rabbi Lazar disagrees? Why is Rabbi Lazar saying that the third one also we check and it's only the fourth one that sets him back during the seven clean days? There we don't check. So the Gemara explains, they're arguing about whether or not S is its own thing. Because it said, Vahazav, S, Zovo. So Rabbi Lazar Darsh Asim, he expounds the word S. So he gets Zov 1, S 2, Zovo 3, and it's only the fourth one, Lazach of Lanakeva, that's compared to the Nakeva. So they just have Azov, that's one, and Zovo together is two, Lazach of is three. So ultimately, we're saying one and two, everybody agrees. If it occurs because of an external reason, it does not make him Azov. Three is Machlokas Rabbi Lazar and the Rabbanon. Four, everybody agrees that once it's in the seven clean days and you get in a, a regular discharge, even if it could be explained, it would set him back. Okay, bye. Our own so is fake. We said if there's an onus that comes out or even a suffix about the discharge. Uh, it still contaminates after he's already is off. So what does this mean, Suffolk? Don't tell me Suffolk means it's a doubt whether or not it came out. In other words, let's say you have a doubt if a Zav had a third flow. There's not going to be high of a carbon. That's not pshat. It's not pshat that once he becomes a zav, he saw it twice, and now there's a suffix. If he sees a third time, he has to he has to bring. That's not true. Elavadei chazer. We're dealing with a case where he for sure saw suffix machmasher fazera suffix machmasriyat. The doubt if it was some zera that was mixed with the ziva. In other words, again, a ziva is an irregular discharge. It's not zera. But if we examine what the discharge that came out, we can't tell. If it were some zera mixed into it, 
and it was the zera that was coming out that was causing the other discharge. Safik machmas or or maybe it was just an independent flow of ziva. So there we say once he's been a confirmed zav because of the two, so then he's tame and it's going to disrupt the seven clean days. Vachule and bring a carbon even if there's you're finding a stain that has zera and ziva, you're not sure if the ziva was independent of the zera or they were in some sort of mixture. That's the point that we're saying. And it, what we see clearly here is the Gemara is that if I have a Zerah which is mixed from Ziva, it does not it does not treat it as a regular Re'i of Zav. Very interesting. In fact, the Gemara tells us in Ida that if it happens during the seven clean days, it only sets you back one day. It doesn't set you back all seven days. And that's exactly why this is such an important doubt, is that if it would be that there's Zerah mixed in with it, then it would only set you back one day. If it would be a real Re'iya, then if it happens during seven clean days, you go back to day one. So that's exactly what we're saying, is that once it's a confirmed Zav and he's in his seven clean days, if he now has a discharge and he can't label it, is there some Shekhla Zerah inside and I only set back one day? Or is there, it's a clean, not clean of Zara, but totally discharge of, uh, of Zava, and I'm back to day one. So then we say, Sveiko Tama, you have to be Machma and go back to day one. So in summary, besides for the fact of whether external differences make a difference, one and two they do, and then all the, the three during the, the week that set you back, they don't make a difference. But as, there's another point as well. If you have during the seven clean days a Re'iyah that has some Shekhva Zara in it, it's only one day setback. Whereas if you have a Re'iyah that's clean of Shekhva Zara, it's seven days. So what our Mishnah is saying is that if you have a Suffolk, you look at the discharge and can't tell if the Shekhva Zara in it, you're Machma and you have to go back to day one. What else did the Mishnah say? Shekhva Zara Tamea. The discharge of the Zav, let's say Stam. It's a Shekhva Zara that comes out of a Zav, it is Tameh. What do you mean it is Tameh? If you mean it's Tameh through contact, the Shekhva Zerah is a substance that if it touches something, it's Metame. It's obvious. Any Shekhva Zerah is Metame through Maga. Why do you have to talk about a Zavs? Right? That's obvious. Every Shekhva Zerah is Metame with Maga. Rather, you have to say the Mishra is coming to say it's Metame even more. Even if it's not touched. Even if it's just carried. And a regular Torah person contaminates only through direct contact. His Shekhva Zerah. Mashengen, we'd be adding that the Shechazera of Azov is Metame even Bamasa. Says the Gemara, but wait a second, is that true? Where would you even hear of such a concept that the Shechazera of Azov is Metame if it's carried and not contact? Maybe it's this time of Yeshua. At the time it says in the price of Belazar, oh, Mary Shechazera of Azov is Metame Masa. Belazar disregards the whole notion. He says, no, Shechazera that comes out of Azov is not Metame Vamasa. All the time, Shechazera is only Metame through direct contact. So he clearly is not the one. But if it's, you're going to tell me, it's Rabbi Yeshua, Omer Metame Mas, Rabbi Yeshua says it is Metame through carrying, but he gives a reason. He says a very interesting point. He says when a Zav is, obviously has something wrong, some sort of issue with his generals, if, if he is producing Zera, there's for sure droplets of Ziva that are mixed in. So you hear what he's saying? It's impossible for him to have a clean Zera. It was normally people of Zara, there's no Ziva mixed in, it's just Zara. That's Matam and Maga. But here, when a Zav, a Zav who's Tamein, he's producing Zara, even if it seems like it's pure Zara, there's for sure, if you'd analyze it in the lab, droplets of Ziva inside of it as well. Therefore, it's Matam it's Bamasa. Why? Because the Ziva is Matam and Bamasa. So you're going to say, very good, maybe that we're going like Rabbi Yeshua. But the problem is, the Dr. Gemara, it's not a clean halacha, because I feel Rabbi Yeshua, he wasn't saying the Zerah is Metame Mishra He was saying that since the Zerah inevitably has droplets of Ziva in it mixed in, then it is Metame, 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 as the Ziva. If it was a totally pure semen, it wouldn't be Tame. 
So our point that we're saying is, how could you tell me the shichva zera is tamim v'masa? It's not really true. It's the ziva which has been tamim v'masa, just as mixed in. Right, let's say you would check it in the lab, and you would be able to tell there wouldn't be any droplets of ziva. It wouldn't be tamim. So the explanation that we're giving is wrong. It seems like both Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Yeshua agree that fundamentally the shichva zera of azov, the semen itself, is not metamim. The masa. So what's the meaning of our Mishnah? So just to give a little lum, this very famous idea, the, that the question that we showed him ask is, what's this idea that, that, that it's metamim and masa because of the, the little drops, droplets of ziva? Let them be bottle. Let them be bottle. It's a mixture. Is it a tiny little bit? Why isn't it bottle? Right? It's a tiny bit. But overall, it's Zara. So Mordechai says a very famous idea. He says, bittel is only when two things get mixed. But when they're naturally mixed, it's never bottle. Very interesting concept. Think about maybe why it's true. But here it comes out of the body together. It's not a mixture that happens, you know, oh, one thing happened to mix with the other. They naturally are there together, and therefore uh, there is no bittle. Anyway, so now we need a different explanation for the Mishnah. What did the Mishnah mean when it said, the Again, the question is, if it means Bamaka, every Shekhazar is Matame. It can't be Mamasa because we don't think that Shekhazar is really Matame Mamasa. El Amar, Bada Lomar, Shein, Tolumba. We mean to say that another issue of Ziva we can't explain to be based upon Zara. So, in other words, what are we saying? We're saying that normally, just to give an example, is that if a person has a Ziva, a mission that, that, that comes within 24 hours, of a zera, it's not treated as ziva, it's treated as regular zera. And the reason why we say that is because we say, and we're gonna explain in a second, that we explain after a person sees zera, he becomes very weak. There's a, there's a weakness that overtakes him and that might be a cause for the ziva. So therefore what we're saying is that, that, that once a person has zera and then the zav comes out, so then, so then, so then we would attribute it we would attribute the Zav to the Zara, and he wouldn't become a Zav. We would just say, oh, it only came out because he was weak, because he saw Zara within 24 hours. But once someone became a confirmed Zav, well, we don't care why it came out, Lamaisa came out, like we're speaking about, it messes up the count of the seven days, even if there's an external reason. So then we're not told about, we mean that if Zara came out, and it was Zara, regular Zara, then if there's a future Zav, we don't care, we don't say, oh, it's only because of the Zara. So what? So let it be only because of the Zara. Lamaisa, once he's a Zav, he's set back from future discharges that he has, even if we could attribute it to different things. So when the Mishnah says it's Matame, but the Sheikh Vazara is Tameh, what it means is if there's Sheikh Vazara and then there's Zav, we're not gonna, it's not gonna help us to say the Sheikh Vazara is only come, the, the Zara is only coming because there was a Sheikh Vazara. So what? Lamaisa, the, the Zav came out and therefore he's gonna go back to day one. And Rapapa explains, the concept that we're saying is that there's a weakness which causes the seminal mission and that happens after the seminal mission which causes the ziva. So if it would be time one and two, so it wouldn't call it trigger ziva. But once he's already dissolved, then he's set back even if it's from an external reason. But Amalei Rava, it's not true. Let's say a ger converts. He immediately can become a zav. Meaning we're dealing with specifically a non-Jew who had carry and then he converted and then he became a zav. So even though ordinarily what we're saying is Zav that follows Zara is, is considered Tar, the Mishnah still says that if it was a guy, then it's Tameh. So is there any difference in the, in the Mitzias of the sickness of the, Zara, of the Zara coming out of a guy or a Jew? No, there's no difference. In the Chagol there's no greater illness than that. And that's what the Gemara is even adding is that, if anything, forget about the Zara that came out, but even more, conversion for sure brings about fatigue and, we- and weakness. It's got to be emotionally, physically draining conversion, the Gemara says. So if you're going to tell me that, that Sheikh Zara that's followed by Ziva, the Ziva doesn't make him a Zav because he's weak. So certainly a, a, a Ger who sat the Sheikh Zara 
when he was a guy, and now he converts, and now the ziva comes, certainly he should not become a zav. And yet we see that he do. Must be that the idea that 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 is ziva follows shechvaser doesn't become a zav. It's not a logical thing that is based upon the weakness. It's simply straight up like a a, a, a din exerts Maybe It's not based upon logic, and that's why we distinguish. It's only a yid shechvaser that is metame, whereas a guy shechvaser is not metame, and then he converts, and then he sees zav. He could become a zav. So we rejected our whole theory for our papa, and now we lost what we wanted because again we had a line that said shechvaser of a of a of a zav is metame. We wanted to understand what it meant. The fact that it's metame through contact, that's not a novelty. Every show was metame with contact. Elamai meant b'masa, but we got stuck. No one really seemed to hold it was metame b'masa. So we tried saying that what it means is that if the shechva zera is followed by zov, we can't attribute it to the shechva zera once he's a confirmed zov. But that was all based upon the premise that zov can come machma shechva zera, meaning that if there's shechva zera first, we assume that the weakness in the body can be a trigger for the for the for, for the of zov. But we just proved that that's not true. That the mitzvah is that having shechva zera is not a cause why ziva comes out necessarily. Varai when a guy converts and then he has. He had Sheikh and then and then and, the, and then he converts and Zav comes out, he's in Zav right away. Meaning it's not based upon a logical point. That it's rational that maybe the discharge is coming out from the weakness of the Sheikh So now we're back to square one. What did the Mishnah mean when it when it said that the Sheikh of a Zav is Matame? So the Gemara goes back to try to say it means it's Matame Bamasa. I we had Tanam before who hold that it's not Matame Masa. We have to suggest that's We get a bright so it says that it's of where Sheikh Bazara, it contaminates through through caring if it was given throughout the twenty-four hour period following when he became a Zav. So for twenty-four hours, once he becomes a Zav, if Sheikh Bazara comes out, it's subject to a new Allah that's been time of So these Tanam disagree with the earlier Tanam. Rabbi Lezman, I'll be sure earlier held Sheikh Bazara of Azav is not a time of Masa, at least fundamentally. Maybe there's rabbits of Ziva makes a difference. But now what we're saying is that this Tana disagrees. This Tana holds, it is Metam and Masa, and that's what the mission was alluding to. And this Tana holds is for 24 hours. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Yoma, only the day, the day uh, that a person, if, this, if the Zara came out on the same day of, an, of, of a discharge of Ziva, that's when it's Metam and Masa. So both agree that it's Metam and Masa, they're just talking about the time period. One said 24 hours, one said the, the day. But my comment, if gave you the Shmuel, the Shmuel Rami, Shmuel has a contradiction. Sivki, among you a man who is not tar, through a mikra of Lila, an incident of night. So the, 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 really we have a lot of extra words here because the preceding words in the passage were Asher Liatar, who is not tar, which is Masham, we're talking about someone who was Tame uh, for, for some other reasons. We're talking about Azov, and it's trying to say that if someone had Azov followed by Zera, we're saying it's Matame to a greater degree. And we're, it, the passage that says Lila, it doesn't really matter because obviously it doesn't make a difference when the Zera comes out. So it's coming to say that it's only Matame until night. Uksev, on the other hand, lifnos erev yirchas pamaim. It says towards the lifnos erev, literally towards the evening, you should immerse in the water. So again, lifnos erev, that's a double expression because lifnos means towards the end. So erev, we say it's coming to say it's kind of like, as if it said like from evening until evening, any twenty-four hour period. So it's, it seems to be a stira. Is it only until the night, or is it twenty-four hour period when the from the zav? Again, this whole thing is a drasha. The pasuk shot in the pasuk here is just stam when a guy has. And he's there come out. A tar guy has there come out. Then he's tamed. But we're darshaning. It said first, Asher lo yatar. So someone who wasn't tar, meaning that even he had a previous tumah. Now, like a zav. Now, within twenty four hours of that, or perhaps within the night time of that, 
the zera is coming out, that zera is metame even b'masa. But the question is, which part of the pasuk are we emphasizing? Are we emphasizing mikre laila until the night, or are we emphasizing lifnos erev as if it said from evening until evening? So manda amar me isle is one who said twenty four hours diak lifnos erev. One came from the lashon of lifnos erev, so he said it's within twenty four hours. The other opinion said mikre laila, it's only until nighttime. Says the gemara manda amar lifnos erev aksiv mikre laila. The one who said that it's in twenty four hours because lifnos erev. It says mikre laila, which is mashma. It's only until nightfall after the ziva that the zera is metamid b'masa. Malacha orchad the kara the ma'aseh v'laila. No, usually the the discharge comes at night. Shechah zera comes at night, so therefore at night is not is not expounded. Rather, we darshan lifnos erev and we get the twenty four hour business. So, in conclusion, the shechah zera of azov. Is it of any special halachos? We have a machlokas. According to Rabbi Lazar, it's not metame matzah. According to Rabbi Shua, it's metame matzah because of the droplets of ziva which are in it. And according to the th- these dinam, it's stam. The, the zera of azov, we have a drosh, it's metame matzah. If it came out, however, on the day when the zera, on the day when the re'iyah of the zov was there, it's machlokas, does have to be before, on the same like daytime or within the same 24 hours of when the ziva came out. So a general summary of the whole sugi and what's going on here, and we're talking about Raglayim Ladaver and how this comes into the end of Nazir, is that the first two re'iyas of Azov that make him Azov, which require him to have seven clean days, those two re'iyas cannot have any rational explanations for why they occurred. If it was his food, his diet, his, his exercise, this, that, his sicknesses that caused it to be irregular, then he does not become Azov. That's the basic concept. After that, time number three, which causes him to bring a carbon, and time number four, during the seven clean days, if you'd see again, which would set him back, there, it doesn't make a difference. Artan holds why it came out. If it came out, it came out, and it, it's still treated like a discharge. There is an opinion that the third time to bring a carbon also uh, can only be if it cannot be attributed to external reasons, but our Mishnah uh, was not working, was not working with, that prem- with that premise. Okay. Now... We get to just um, a nice close to the Masechta. A little interesting stuff about Naziris. Nazir Ayashmuel, could they ever been right? Was Shmuel a Nazir? So Shmuel, we know the story from Nazir, right? And this is the Nafkamina. Somebody who says, I'm like Shmuel, would that be like saying I'm a Nazir? So Shmuel is a Navi, obviously, but he was Kaddish Hashem. He was dedicated to Hashem. Remember, his mother couldn't have children. Chara couldn't have children. And she said, you know, I'll give it to God if I have a kid. And he certainly stayed in the base of Mikdash and he certainly was close to Eli. But the question is, was he technically a Nazir? So Rabbi Norai says that he was. It says in the Pasuk here, when we're talking about him, um, so Chana is making her nether. And she says, if she gives birth, then Mora will not come upon his head. So we're going to explain that what does that mean? Mora means um, the, like a shaver. Where do we get that? Because by Shimshon, who is clearly a Nazir, it says no more should come on his head. So clearly that means he shouldn't, he shouldn't be uh, he shouldn't be shaving. That's the idea. No razor should pass. So too by Shmuel, where it says that same lashon of Mor Lo Yavor, it means that he shouldn't cut the hair. So that's the first opinion. Shmuel is a Nazir. No, it's not true. Doesn't the word Mor in the Pasuk mean fear? That Mor Lo Yavor, meaning Shmuel, will be such a great person means that he'll never be afraid of anybody. And we're saying it should be very different. It's like more like Yira, like fear. So I'm going to said, how could you say that? Shmuel said, how could I go? If Shmuel hears, he will kill me. So this is talking about the, this is where, you know, after uh, Shaul sinned and he didn't kill Amalek properly, Hashem told Shmuel to go to Shaul and tell him, you know, I regret making you a king. And Shmuel's reaction is, I'm scared to go. I'm scared to know what Shaul is going to do to me if I deliver that message. So clearly you see that he was afraid. So Bishlama, like me, the morally Avarosha means that a razor won't pass over his face. Very good. It doesn't bother us that he ended up being afraid of Shaul. But like your interpretation, 
Rabbi Yossi, that Mora means that he won't be afraid of anybody. You see, he was afraid of people. So, Shekvar HaOlav, Mora Shabbat which shows that there was, in fact, a fear on him. So it seems like that was a great, great argument from Rabbi Nahorai against, um, against Rabbi Yossi. All right, so now the Gemara goes to, a, again, it seems like a different discussion. You should be quick to take the wine and make the bracha. So here we're talking about the case where Birkus Muslim was said by one person, everybody else would do Yosef just by listening. So it's better to, to, to be the, the Mavarech than to be the, the Shomea. So what we're saying is, whenever you have any bracha, go grab it and be the one to make the bracha. So what are we saying? If you could either be passive and listen to a bracha and be Yosef that way, or you could be active and go recite the bracha, you're going to be the leader the one who's mostly everybody, go be the leader. Go grab it and make the bracha. Be quick to take the cup of wine and make the bracha. What do we see from here? That making a bracha is superior than listening. Just the opposite. The power of listening and answering amen is greater than the power of reciting the bracha. I swear it's like that. What happens? The common soldiers go engage in the beginning of the war. But who seals the victory? The really good soldiers. So we see that the one who seals it, which is one answering Amin, after the bracha is done, the Amin, which is to seal the victory, that's greater than the Kayach of saying the bracha. So that's possibly the reason why we're learning this sukkah, which has no shaykhs, is because it's the same people. I have no rabbi and rabbi So how upon him, we have a contradiction. What's better, making the bracha or listening to the bracha and answering Amin? So, 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 Tanahi is actually Machlokas Tanam. The Tanahi, Achim Mavrach, Rachor, Ona, Amin, Bamashma. Whether the one who makes the Bracha, the one who said Amin, are implied in the Pasuk, the one, the Pasuk that says the good things about blessing Hashem. Galu Hashem, Yitin, Ramash, Mayachta. So they're all praising Hashem, so they're all rewarded equally. Elish, Ram, the Varach, but. In Shamayim, they get the reward quicker upon the person who said the bracha. So even the same reward, you get the bracha before the one who just responded. So that b'risa clearly says that saying it has priority over answering. So that's a machlokas rabbi to the previous b'risa. Just to give one, I think, daher in the, in the Indian of, of uh, answering amin, why it's like the seal. So, so, so the, the, the Tosh Rosh Brachas already says this idea that it's like a, can, that, uh, that if a person makes a bracha and there's no amin, it's considered chaser. The gemar of a bracha is an amin. And that's something you need somebody else for. So what's the Indian? The Indian of bracha, when you're doing that, God Hashem iti, or it's really we learn from the gemar, it comes from Kishem Hashem that every sense when a person is able to do good, any good that a person is able to do is all about spread. Meaning, good is meant to be spread. That's the idea. And Kedusha Sanctity is all really, in a certain sense, a calling to other people. So that's why if a person makes a bracha, it's very good. But if no one heard and no one answered Amin, there's something considered incomplete with what was done. Whereas the person who answers Amin, that's the fulfillment. That's the, the gemar of the bracha. He's been going with the bracha. He's completed the bracha by creating a, a completion. It's fulfillment to what the bracha was trying to achieve. That's this idea that, in one opinion, that answering Amin is even better. The Gemara just finishes off. One thing, that they learn, they increase peace. The famous word from Chosim Seifer is that the reason why it increases peace is because on Rosh Hashanah it thinks out that there's going to be a certain amount of fighting in the world. So, but how is the fighting going to play out? So that depends on our Rebbechir, on what we do. So if they take all a lot of fighting in the base Medrash, so that increases peace because that type of fighting, a fighting is then takes a lot, uh, the lion's share of the portion of fighting that was allocated to the world, and then the other fighting, which is not in the Mokham Tosh is much less. Ajman Allah, Akusim, Ulan Azir, so sleep on yourself, it's not there.